the Buddha said, Faith is the beginning of all good things. No matter what we encounter in life, it is faith that enables us to try again, to trust again, to love again. Even in times of immense suffering, it is faith that enables us to relate to the present moment in such a way that we can go on, we can move forward instead of becoming lost in resignation or despair. Faith links our present day experience, whether wonderful or terrible, to the underlying pulse of life itself. We all have the absolute right to reach out without holding back towards what we care about more than anything. Whether we describe the recipient as God or a profound sense of indestructible love or the dream of a kinder world. It is the act of offering our hearts in faith that something in us transforms and what may have been merely a remote abstraction flames into life. Continuing today with some practice and reflections on compassion or karuna in Pali. Empathy. The wish that others be free from suffering as distinguished from loving kindness or metta. The wish that others be happy. Compassion is used for the cultivation of tranquility or samatha, not so much insight. Compassion is to be developed in the following way. Filling one's mind with compassion, one pervades the world with it, first in one direction, then in a second direction, then in a third and a fourth, and then above, below, and all around. So going to the dictionary, compassion, a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. For some of us, this word compassion, we all have various relationships to various words. And so here are a few offering of some synonyms, synonyms that may support you 
in finding your way into engaging with this energetic quality of the heart being called compassion, empathy, grace, humanity, kindness, tenderness, soft-heartedness, yearning, humanness, heart. One of the distinguishing factors in relationship to compassion is it means experiencing a trembling or a quivering or a movement of the heart in response to another being's pain, including our own. I teach one thing and one thing only. That is suffering and the end of suffering. The Buddha. Remembering as I offer these words that, as Jill stated the other night, this compassion moving through and uh, on to this next Brahma-Vihara from Metta, all of the Brahma-Viharas, Metta, Compassion, Mudita, Upeka, are just different flavors of love. They're not distinct in of themselves that they are growing energies that oftentimes are interrelated and that we move in and out of feeling and expressing. Not to form any artificial dichotomies about any of these practices, but understanding that they are just different manifestations of the heart quality of love. And even within each quality, metta, compassion, love, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity, there's also different flavors within that. So the actuality is that uh, all of the experience of the heart qualities basically can touch any component and aspect of our lives and our beingness. The first step in developing true compassion is being able to recognize, to open to, and to acknowledge that pain and sorrow exist. Suffering exists everywhere, sometimes intense, sometimes quiet and refined. Though suffering is not all there is in a life, it is a thread that needs to be recognized and that is a common connection through all beings. Compassion includes the willingness to embrace with a loving and accepting way all those moments of resistance and judgment. Compassion is not only concerned with how we receive others, but also with how we receive our own mind and heart. At times, we can be angry, afraid, agitated, or even cruel. These are moments of suffering. 
anger, fear, and judgments are not in themselves obstacles to compassion, but they become obstacles when they are left unquestioned, unmetabolized, unintegrated. They are actually invitations to compassion. It is through finding compassion for ourselves that seed the capacity to extend compassion without condition to others. Because we come to understand the pain of these experiences in our own heart and are willing to remain present and intimate with that pain, we can find the courage to be present for another's pain. Compassion is not just a feeling. It is a response to pain that is rooted in wisdom. It is a commitment to alleviating suffering and the cause of suffering in all its forms. A quote from one of my teachers, Larry Yang. Be compassionate to where you are. This is the process of the heart stretching beyond old patterns of defensiveness and reactivity. The near enemy of compassion is pity. It can seem to be similar or can appear like compassion. However, there is an aspect to pity of feeling superior to or in control of one's own life and feeling that the other person's suffering is because they lack control. The far enemy of compassion is cruelty. Whereas anger and hatred is the wishing of suffering on someone, cruelty is the enjoyment of other people's suffering. We cultivate compassion for the suffering of all the cries of the world, for the blameless, for those who cause suffering, for ourselves, for those we love, for times of adversity, and to have compassion without boundaries. Remembering Rebecca's talk on compassion and the four faces that she spoke of, the four flavors again. Mary as a uh, representation of the mother energy. Courage. Tapping into places and spaces that ordinarily we're not even aware we possess that support us in engaging with the suffering of others and in taking steps and actions to contribute to the alleviation of that suffering. Kuan Yin, the action part, the aspect of compassion that hears the cries of the world, that hears the cries of the world while at the same time maintaining and sustaining well-being of oneself 
and not getting lost or drowned in the suffering of others. Then that aspect which Rebecca called Tara as represented by a redwood tree. For those of you who have not seen or are unfamiliar with redwood trees, they're huge, very, very tall, solid, rooted, grounded, stately, beautiful. They appear that they can weather any storm. And then the last face that Rebecca introduced us to was Tinkerbell. That spunky, sassy, light, joyous aspect of compassion. Quote from Martin Luther King Jr. The ultimate weakness of violence is that it is a descending spiral. And as you listen to this quote, which I will finish in a moment, to understand that violence can be the big violence, the big V that we're mostly all aware of and all the things that can fall into that category. But violence can also be as soft and subtle as that voice that says, you're not worth anything. Or that person is really hateful. There's a wide range of how we hold violence. The ultimate weakness of violence is that it is a descending spiral, begetting the very thing it seeks to destroy. Instead of diminishing evil, it multiplies it. Through violence, you may murder the liar, but you cannot murder the lie, nor establish truth. Through violence, you murder the hater, but do not murder the hate. In fact, violence merely increases hate. So it goes, returning violence for violence multiplies violence, adding deeper and darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. The Buddha said, your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your own unguarded thoughts. And then Pema Chodron goes on to say, compassion is not a relationship between the healer and the wounded. It is a relationship between equals. Only when we know our own darkness well can we be present with the darkness 
of others. Compassion becomes real when we recognize our shared humanity. So how do we bring forth this compassion in its myriad aspects? I had the great honor and gift of seeing this kind of integrated compassion, actually, these four aspects as exhibited and moving through my mom. My dad had dementia. He had it for 12 years. And over the course of those 12 years, my mother went to visit him every day in the nursing home, every day, except when we might have gone away for vacation or something like that. And she didn't go to visit him out of obligation or out of expectation or out of how it looked or wouldn't look if she didn't go. She went to visit him to keep company, this man that she had shared 56 years with. This man who she partnered with, who through their effort and energy moved the family out of poverty into financial stability. She never complained She was steady as a rock. She is what in some circles is known as a steel magnolia. That's a southern term. And it's descriptive of this kind of way of being in the world which is genteel and soft and proper. That has a steel rod running up and down where one cannot be taken off, taken out, or moved off of what one's conviction and engagement is. And so that's an example for me of what compassion can offer. And for others of you, there may be family members or other people in the public eye or people in your community or friends who you see naturally engage and offer this way of meeting the world up. So there are ways to invoke compassion in our heart. And like with meta practice, if we're not really feeling it, then it is difficult to engage the practice with intention. Remembering that this practice and the practice of all the Brahma-Viharas is an incremental practice. That the phrases that I will offer or that you've already heard are just guides. They're not definitions 
or the way it is if it doesn't resonate with you. It is the heart place that creates the conditions for freedom to emerge. This Brahma-Vihara practice and the power of these resting places is the soil from which understanding of the knowing of non-separation grows. This practice of the Brahma-Viharas is the wellspring practice that nourishes and enriches the mindfulness practice and requires the same non-judging, non-grasping, non-rejecting, learning, and leaning into the present moment. The practice of the Brahma-Viharas builds the foundation of understanding that then lays out the conditions for calmness, clarity of mind and heart, and wisdom. The Buddha, it is said, described the spiritual path that leads to freedom as the liberation of the heart, which is love. And as we have been engaged with, he taught a systematic, integrated path that moves the heart out of isolating contraction into true connection. He taught to abandon the unskillful which brings harm and suffering and cultivate the skillful as this brings benefit and happiness. Abandoning or putting down unskillful states and habits that cause suffering will not happen if generated by desire to get rid of these states or to have it be another way nor can it happen out of fear and or contempt. Abandoning the unskillful is not accomplished by angrily pushing or shoving away our habits of separation. We are able to transform these habits and states as we come to truly know love and love ourselves and all beings in the universal sense, that is. This then allows the light by which we can see and bear witness to the burdens and suffering that comes from following states of mind, like anger, fear, grasping, states that cause harm to ourselves and others. As we cultivate our hearts and minds to incline towards awareness, clear seeing, understanding, and wisdom reveals to us with vision and acumen the wise way of the road to journey on through this precious human life. A bit of a story about Maha Gosananda, who has been called the Gandhi of Cambodia. He's especially remarkable given the fact that his family was exterminated by the Khmer Rouge, who had also killed most of the Cambodian monastic Sangha. 
Only about 3,000 monks survived out of 60,000. Even before the killing fields were over, Maha Gosananda worked for reconciliation of all the factions throughout the time of his activism. He took peace walks through the minefields, not knowing where the mines were, guided by his Brahma-Vihara practice. He said, I do not question that loving one's oppressors, Cambodians loving the Khmer Rouge, may be the most difficult attitude to achieve. But it is a law of the universe that retaliation, hatred, and revenge only continue the cycle and never stop it. Reconciliation does not mean that we surrender rights and conditions, but rather that we use love in our negotiations. It means that we see ourselves in the opponent. For what is the opponent but a being in ignorance? And we ourselves are also ignorant of many things. Therefore, only compassion and mindfulness can free us. And his prayer the suffering of Cambodia has been deep. From this suffering comes great compassion. Great compassion makes a peaceful heart. A peaceful heart makes a peaceful person. A peaceful person makes a peaceful family. A peaceful family makes a peaceful community. A peaceful community makes a peaceful nation. And a peaceful nation makes a peaceful world. May all beings live in happiness and peace. So this may have been offered to you before, but I'll just quickly review it because it's difficult sometimes for some of us to generate these, these uh, qualities of the heart and to remember that as we engage, you know, some of you all have engaged with Meta for many, many weeks, some of us not so many, and now moving into compassion and we'll be moving into mudita and upeka as well. But when we first start engaging with these practices, just like with the insight practice, to remember that as we start to open, as we start to engage the heart, there oftentimes is resistance. There oftentimes is muck that we have to make our way through to the luminous natural state of the heart. So there's nothing wrong that's supposed to happen. Chipping away, chipping away at the hard crust that many of us have out of necessity 
needed to encase our hearts with. So as we engage with the Brahma Viharas, there's of course the classic way, which is the use of words and phrases. For some of us, words are not the domain that we live in. So another way to uh, generate and bring forth this qualities of energy that we're speaking to is by tapping into a memory that comes. A memory that comes of a time that either you felt compassion towards another or yourself or when someone showed compassion towards you when you were having a difficult time. Then there is the possibility of using creative imagination if there's no actual memory You can create the imagery um, using your imagination of what compassion uh, generates in the body, in the heart, in the mind. Then there's the way of body memory. So it may not be a mental memory. But it may be a body memory, a moment when you felt that quivering of the heart. That moment when a tear perhaps comes to your eyes in the face of seeing the suffering before you. So engaging the quality through body memory. And then lastly, you could bring to mind a compassionate leader. Somebody that you've read about or that you've seen operate in the world. The Dalai Lama. Nelson Mandela. Even the other night when Rebecca was reading to us from Tattoos on the Heart, Father Boyle. someone in your family, perhaps your pet. Dogs and cats have an innate way of knowing when we're suffering. Focus on the sensations in the heart area. Connect with the bodily sensations and emotions that may be arising or present as you engage the practice. If your mind wanders, you can return to the phrases, the breath, return to the metaphrases. Understanding that we are strengthening the wholesome connection to the pre-verbal emotive parts of our mind-body. And if you are going to be using the phrases as your way into the practice, Pausing for a few moments after you say a phrase or after I've said a phrase. And outside of the domain of words or without words, try to sense the reverberations of compassion in your body, heart, and mind. So taking up the practice... Identifying for yourself 
some real moment, some real person, some real time, not a, con- a person made up of a conglomeration of challenges and suffering, but someone who you are aware is moving through hard times, is challenged. Someone who, by engaging them as your object of engendering this quality of the heart, that you make this offering to them. I'm going to give you two sets of phrases and you can see if either of them work for you. And if not, just as always, know that you can reorient or restate them in a way that aligns and resounds, resonates with your energies. May you be free from fear and danger. May you be free from pain and sorrow. May you find peace and healing. And I'll come back around and repeat that, but I wanted to offer you this other phrases of words. May I find stillness in the midst of change. May I find peace in the midst of struggle. May I find softness in the midst of resistance. May I rest in compassion. Repeating them both and realizing I just said I, I'll be substituting you when I come back to that one. May you be free from fear and danger. May you be free from pain and sorrow. May you find peace and healing. May you be free from fear and danger. May you be free from pain and sorrow. May you find peace and healing.
And lastly, before I allow the silence to just be, the other set of phrases. May you find stillness in the midst of change. May you find peace in the midst of struggle. May you find softness in the midst of resistance. May you rest in compassion. May you find stillness in the midst of change. May you find peace in the midst of struggle. May you find softness in the midst of resistance. May you rest in compassion. Remembering, if it's not helpful, to let go the phrases. And just be in the flow of sending or offering 
this quality of compassion for this person who's finding themselves in difficult times now. And letting the image resolve. The words dissolve. And noticing the sensations in the body heart. the sensation of this energetic quality of compassion. And if it feels like it's okay to move on, bringing to mind and Placing in this vibratory energy yourself. Offering compassion making your way through the challenges and difficulties the mind states that perhaps you don't care for or like about yourself. There's compassion for your struggles and your humanness. May I be free from fear and danger. May I be free from pain and sorrow. May I find peace and healing. May I be free from fear and danger. May I be free from pain and sorrow. May I find peace and healing. Continuing on with that, offering the other 
phrase possibility. May I find stillness in the midst of change. May I find peace in the midst of struggle. May I find softness in the midst of resistance. May I rest in compassion. May I find stillness in the midst of change. May I find peace in the midst of struggle. May I find softness in the midst of resistance. May I rest in compassion.
And if you'd like to stay with that, feel perfectly free to do so. Or we can move on to having the words dissolve and having us move to the periphery of that energetic field and placing instead a benefactor someone that has shown care or support or concern for you at any point or some point in your life who it seems timely to offer some compassion practice towards them. At this point, re-engaging with the phrases, or there may be this cultivated quality of energy there that they're just placed in. May you be free from fear and danger. May you be free from pain and sorrow. May you find peace and healing. May you find stillness in the midst of change. May you find peace in the midst of struggle. May you find softness in the midst of resistance. May you rest in compassion.
and letting the words dissolve. And again, moving this benefactor to the peripheral of the energetic field of compassion. And our last grouping as we move towards the end of the sitting, it's my feeling that there is a big, wholesome, collective heart that we have cultivated over the course of this time together. And so may we all join together in placing in this energetic field, this vibrational, luminous heart, all beings, May all beings be free from fear and danger. May all beings be free from pain and sorrow. May all beings find peace and healing. May all beings find stillness in the midst of change. May all beings find peace in the midst of struggle. May all beings find softness in the midst of resistance. May all beings rest in compassion.
and letting the words dissolve. And holding all beings, holding our benefactors, holding ourselves, holding that first person who is in troubling times that came to mind, all together. In this vibrational healing energy of the heart of compassion. I have just three things to teach. Simplicity, patience, and compassion. These three are your greatest treasures. Simple in actions and in thoughts, you return to the source of being. Patient with both friends and enemies, you accord with the way things are compassionate towards yourself, you reconcile all beings in the world. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.